right, so the maiden voyage of the phone cast. Phone uh, cast. The uh, distance cast. That's true. It is long the, distance. Uh, it's a long distance phone we gotta, call. We got to figure out how to do this cast. <laughs> Making it up as we go so, cast. Yeah, we haven't. Has it been three weeks that we haven't recorded? It's been pretty has close been a to a month because I think we recorded, let's see, right after everything shut down. I think, because I did that show on like a Thursday. I think we yeah, met later in the week. We'd been, we yeah, we'd been talking a lot about how things had kind of been, you know, the trajectory of things. But we, uh, since, let's see, I wasn't off of work when we last recorded yet. Where was I? Mm, I don't. I think you were still working. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on my uh, third week of being home. Third week. Which wow. Is, which is. I guess not quite what I thought it was going to be, but I guess <laughs> kind of how we had to plan for it to be. Right. Nobody really planned for much as far as this goes. Yeah, uh, it's it was, not, it, it's, it's something that hasn't happened in, I mean, I guess like 1918, everybody keeps talking about. Well, I was going to say like, I, nothing like this has happened since I've been around. Yeah. We've never seen anything. It's unprecedented. But uh, everybody you know, keeps saying working. unprecedented, and I, I made a post at what, one point saying the usage of the word unprecedented is unprecedented. <laughs> so, you, with the post office, like, you, there's just it's just business as usual for you, right? Yeah, I'm an essential worker, yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm still working every day. How's that? How's that going for you, man? Uh, I, it's a little stressful because you keep seeing all the news stories about the post office running out of money because uh people yeah, aren't that... mailing stuff so there's that uh, and then there's always the risk of maybe so this is government the government officials have been kind of dirtbags about the u.s postal service yeah they the have been for a while but it's gotten pretty bad now that uh co- companies aren't working so they're not mailing stuff out so the the revenue is down a lot and all of the budgets are kind of you know, built off of those, that revenue. So when the revenue's not there, throws everything out of whack. It's just like every other, every company is struggling right now. And it's just, no I have to they... keep working and it's like every piece might be the piece of mail that might get me sick. So that's a little stressful, but. And there's no way that they look at it as just that same thing of it's unprecedented. So the <laughs> revenues are unprecedented. Like you would think they could do that. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my job, uh, I checked in on them and they've, they've talked about that business has slowed down considerably. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not being there, I don't really know necessarily what that looks like, but it's, you know, it's unprecedented. I feel like, and I have no scientific, uh, proof to back this up. I feel like we're we might, if we look at the end of the tunnel, you might see a little bit of light there. That's just a feeling I've got. I'm hoping yeah, you, you it would, might just be hope and maybe I'm naive, but there's, there's part of me going, I think, I think it's going to get better from here. But again, so? I, I can't back that up with any proof. <laughs> it's just, a I, hunch. you know, I almost feel like, uh, things were in such a kind of state of panic, you know, a week and a half ago, maybe mm-hmm. into, into somewhere last week. I feel like this week there's been a little bit of, like burnout, like panic burnout of, Oh yeah, for sure. Um, 
you know, friends of mine, wives of friends of mine were acting so much different, you know, a week and a half ago than they've started acting in the last, you know. And, and honestly, so was I. And, and, and part of that is burnout too. Can I ask you, yeah, do you so, know anybody hmm. personally that's gotten sick? Um, you know what? I, I do know at least one person who has tested positive. Oh, I don't really? know where they're at. It's sort it's a little bit more of an acquaintance. Mm. You know, I've, I've known the guy for, for a few years, but I don't see him too often and had heard about that he, uh, tested positive. So that was, uh-huh. I've been lucky you know, that it, it, for, yeah, for the most, for the most part, my friends and family have all stayed pretty healthy. I know there's, there's been a couple of comics that I've met here and there that, that have gotten it, but have gotten over it. But I mean, a lot of people have gotten really sick and a lot of people have died. And so many people have, you know, lost jobs or businesses or are worried about keeping their houses or their apartments. There's just a lot of that stuff up in the air. Everybody's a little bit stressed right now and figured, well, let's, let's do a podcast, right? It's been, it's been a month, uh, you know, just because we're, we're doing, we're being responsible with, social distancing and trying not to, I mean, I'm out every day doing my job, but as soon as I'm done, I, I go home, you know? And yeah, there, what there has been a little bit where we tried doing some like live stream shows at wise guys. Yeah. And, and those were, yeah, I caught some of that. They were pretty, I mean, a lot of people watched them, which is great. And people were very, you know, thankful that we were doing them. They were appreciative. But once they went to the, like uh salt Lake County and salt Lake city itself went to a more strict stay at home order. It was kind of like, eh, you know, we were kind of toying with the, is, we're under 10 people. We should be okay. But once they went to that more strict stuff, we just kind of decided, well, we better just back off of that and, yeah, and not, that, not do it for a little while. It was more of a promotional tool. And, uh, you know, I, I, we talked a little bit about this and I, I, it's such a strange time for a comedy club. Oh yeah. And wise guys is such an, I, I feel like wise guys is such an important part of, you know, Utah culture. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's such a nice club. And I just don't think that, I don't think Utahns in general really understand how unique it is to have such a nice club. In, in, you know, in not a West or East, Clo- East Coast location. and Yeah, it's a premier club for sure. You know, and to think the, that that would be endangered at all is, is, is you know, it, it's troubling. It, ge- it gives me pause, Travis. And those, those live streams at least kind of, you know, had something out there to say, hey, this thing's out here. And, right. And people were know, loving it. Said if, you know, get, getting past this, you know, once they can reopen the doors... You know, I feel like they're going to do really well for a while. Just, it's just a matter of, of it's just any business. Can they weather this storm? <laughs> it's just so bananas. I think at first, I think it's going to be a light thing at first where they allow like 50 people for a couple of weeks and see how it goes. And then yeah, I'm, sure I, I'm speaking about the state. Them. When I say they allow, I'm kind of meaning like the state. And then maybe if it goes okay, it'll get to 100 people. And I don't think it's going to go back to you know, a full 350 person crowd for a while, to be honest with you. And I don't know, even if you had, you know, the most famous people, if you could sell that many tickets just right off the bat, you know, like you you think, well, maybe we can get somebody with a big splash, but I I don't know how people are going to react to being in a crowd. 
So maybe, you know, a 50-person crowd is going to be more comfortable for people that are in the crowd. I don't know how people are going to react. I know people are going to want some live entertainment because as much as I liked doing those live streams because it was just a chance to, you know, do some material and get some stage time, it was really hard to do with no crowd reaction because live entertainment I can imagine yeah, yeah you need a live crowd you're that's that's the energy of it and going back and watch because I went back to watch so I could get some like because I wrote some new jokes and I was just trying to you know go through what I thought was usable in the future and I could kind of work with and it was hard to watch quite honestly it was hard to watch <laughs> I mean I don't like watching myself anyway but that was particularly hard to watch and well um I uh, I had told you I'd been reading this I'd been reading this book uh, where is it on here It's called uh, Caddyshack: The Making of a Hollywood Cinderella Story. Uh, <laughs> Cinderella but, story. It, so it, well, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's in the book, but uh, honestly, it is. Less Was the gopher in the book? The gopher is certainly referenced because the gopher is, is not in Winnie the Pooh book, if you remember from the cartoon. Not in the book, you know. What? The gopher. The Winnie the Pooh gopher. Oh, is that I, I was just book? connecting. I didn't know that. That was a running gag in the in the Winnie the Pooh cartoon movie. That he's not he's not a character in the book. So he keeps popping oh, up wow. and going, I'm not in the book, you know. I was just connecting oh, gophers. Is that that are you talking about that Christopher Robin movie? No, I'm talking about the old classic Disney cartoons from the sixties. No, you were saying the there's a gag about there not being the gopher. Yeah. Or is God, I can't. It has been so long since I've watched that old Winnie the Pooh movie that I. Well, don't guess even... what? It's on Disney Plus. You can check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, man, it has been a long time since I've gone to Disney Plus. But that's that's besides Travis. That's not what we're talking about here. We're that's talking right. about. Uh, in we're talking that, Caddyshack. Uh, so that that Caddyshack book, it's I really enjoyed it. It is not so much a book about Caddyshack. It is it is largely it is secretly a biography of a. Of uh, one of the guys who started National Lampoons, a guy named Doug Kinney. And, Name's but, familiar. Uh, uh, I mean, it's it's a really fascinating like story. It, it's a it's largely it's about that guy and largely about how much drugs was going on in the <laughs> like sixties, seventies, and eighties. Didn't you say the but, um, the the main hmm? teetotaler on the set was uh, Ted Knight? Oh yeah, Ted <laughs> Ted Knight was the only. Ted Knight seemed to be the only person working on Caddyshack that wasn't there, like working on a movie with secondary to, to just <laughs> partying all the time. Like Ted Knight, they talk about how Ted Knight was up, up early and to bed early, and he's a pro. Did not did not drink, did not partake of drugs, and was not happy with anybody who was doing that. That's why he kept suggesting a fresca. How about a yes. fresca? Ah. Very much so. But uh, one of the, to, to tie it into what we were talking about is uh, one of the things that they talk about is um, that uh, Rodney Dangerfield had a real hard Ooh. time because it was his, it was his first, I believe it was his first film. I'm pretty sure that's what they had said about it, but he had such a hard time doing his, doing his material for the movie. Oh, yeah, I can imagine them. if you've never People experienced that before. Yeah. I think I think they even said in there he would stop in the middle of takes and be like, oh, "This stuff's terrible," and they're like, "What?" Like nobody's laughing. He's like, "No, they can't. <laughs> they they can't. This is a movie. It just there was that." And they said that uh, Rodney Dangerfield could not um, 
the the phrase action meant nothing to him, so they always had in uh, Rodney Dangerfield on set had to be told do your bit. Just just always keep the camera rolling. We'll edit it. <laughs> and, and yeah, it was each. T- I think I, I can't remember if they said. I, I want to say they said they had a struggle with that. Uh, they would do takes that they would like, but he would never do the same take twice. <laughs> so they would struggle with like Rodney. That was a really good one. Can you just do the really good one? <laughs> tough crowd, tough crowd. But uh, yeah, really, really fascinating read. Like I said, it's not uh, not as much real estate of the book as you would think is dedicated to Caddyshack. It is largely about like uh, <laughs> uh, Doug Kinney and I, I can't remember the other guy's name who them, you know, coming up through uh, Harvard and the Harvard Lampoon and breaking off from that to make the National Lampoon. Uh, their success with that and then uh, Animal House and parlaying their success from Animal House into making uh, Caddyshack and then kind of the follow because Caddyshack did pretty good to begin with but like Mm -hmm. it it opened to terrible reviews and was a huge letdown as kind of the next thing that came from the the kind of the creators of uh, of Animal House which Animal House I I wish I could remember the number because it's something crazy like Animal House was made for like four million dollars, and then you know brought in something like seventy or eighty million dollars, something wow. like that. So. That's a good investment. Do you know what year Caddyshack came out? Uh, I believe it was nineteen eighty, or at least that's when I think that's when they wrapped production on it. Because I remember as a small kid, uh, like my uncles talking about Caddyshack and making Caddyshack references, and then I remember. It was probably right around 1990-ish that uh, there was. You remember? You remember like uh, Travis the Trout and uh, what was the what was the other fish? This Billy Bass. They they had kind of the, a the singing ones. Yeah. Well, they did. Okay. They did a Caddyshack version. It was a dancing gopher. So it would that, play. I mean, I'm all right, and it would kind of yeah, they, dance around and do like it had a hula that. hoop. <laughs> they do have a brief portion talking to Kenny Loggins about like he. <laughs> He, he, I think he even says basically like it's a once a, it's once or twice in a career where someone pitches him on something and the, the song just basically jumps out of him. And he just said that like reading the script, uh, script for that, like I'm all right, just like leapt off the, the page or leapt out of him, just not like, oh, yep, this one's going to do all right. Kenny Loggins was a, he was a soundtrack machine back in those days. That might have been his first soundtrack song. And then he did Top Gun. He had yeah. a song in Caddyshack 2. Caddyshack 2 is a terrible movie, but he had they a song in there that was actually really good. They reference Caddyshack once, I think. They 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 reference it just once as the ill the ill uh, fated or like ill prepared. <laughs> but uh yeah, good good book, you know. I I'm glad really glad I read it. It was a it was a little harder of a read than I'm generally used to. I've moved on to uh, Neil Gaiman's book on Norse mythology, which is Travis. It is a delight. Is it a legit like him studying it and telling you what he's found, or is it a, a story, a is, mythical story? That's the crazy thing. No, 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 no. It is a retelling of uh, various North myths. Oh, so he he's just added it. some imagination to it. He, well, that's the thing about it. I kind of expected it to be a little bit of a dry kind of uh, almost uh, what history type book. But no, it's like he's he's writing these he's writing these North myths, Norse myths, North myth, but a but 
Norse myths. He's writing these these Norse myths in sort of a uh, like a contemporary. Like I expected it to almost sound Shakespearean or. Hmm. You know, just like him saying, like, well, this is this is Odin. This is where this myth comes from. This is the background. But like, no, it's just stuff of like uh, uh, one of the first ones that he tells is uh, the story of I can't remember what Thor's wife's name was, but uh, I want to say, no, it's not Freya I can't, or it's Sif. And, the lady uh, Sif waking up. Yeah. Of her, her waking up and her hair is gone <laughs> and it. Or, and it's like just basically like Thor wakes up, pokes her, says, "Hey, what's up with your hair?" And she goes like, like horrified, like, "Oh my God, I'm bald!" And he gets up, and uh, I guess in North Norse mythology, uh, Thor has a belt that doubles his strength, and he like whips that on. She's like, "Where are you going?" Like, going to Loki's. Why are you going to Loki's? It'll make it easier if I just start there. It's I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's him, but it's all it's all pretty. It's just. It's so fun to read, and I'm just hmm. blasting through. Whereas, like uh, that Caddyshack one, as much as I really enjoyed the the you know history of it, it was a little bit of a dry read. Whereas this one is just so fun to read, and I'm just just pounding through it. Is it at all a graphic novel? Are there pictures? No, no, just straight up novel. All right, sounds but, cool. Uh, really super fun read. Uh, did you? Uh, did you ever at all get into that Witcher book that I gave you? Uh, I keep meaning to do it. Honestly, I, I haven't yet, but I, I am. It's my goal. That and I also found my copy of uh, Hotel Oblivion, the the third Umbrella Academy. Oh, nice! Yeah, I was going through some boxes. Uh, somehow, it went from I opened it on my birthday, and I immediately got put into some storage box. But I found it, yeah. so now I can read that nice. as well. Yeah, because I'm looking say, at it right those, now. Those Witcher books are pretty. They're pretty. Uh, light entertaining reads and i've you know gotten through those fast but this uh this norse norse mythology one i'm just blasting through it is it the mythology or is it neil gaiman what do you mean is it just the way he writes is so like thick complex is that what it is or is it no just the it's, details it's the, of the, the mythology the mythology is the mythology is really complex but he writes it in such a sort of almost conversational manner. It's hmm. just literally like if your uncle was telling you about, you know, it, it's like if uncle, you know, Thor was telling you about his, his family issues. Interesting. It's really fun. Hmm. So, that sounds cool. Yeah. Good times. Have you at all, you said you haven't been to, uh, uh, the Disney, Disney plus in a while. So have you, you no. haven't caught any of the new clone wars episodes? Uh, no, that, <laughs> that's hard because I, I just uh, – is that something you feel like you can jump in on? Uh, yeah, for the most part. I mean, there is a the, – the first four episodes of the new ones was kind of this ragtag. They were almost like – they were almost like mutants in that, you know, they had different abilities because I don't know if they were oh, purposely yeah, – I can't remember if you told me that or if someone else that had been designed that, that way but. or if they were accidentally just enhanced or whatever. But those episodes were really cool. Then they went to a uh, a storyline involving Ahsoka, and yeah. that one is a little slower. the The ones with with the the other the the enhanced clones those are really really fun and there's a lot of action. The Ahsoka ones are okay, and I really like the Ahsoka character, but she ends up. Uh, 
apparently, I didn't know this, uh, she got framed for a crime while she was a, still a Padawan and ended up leaving the Jedi Order once she got cleared because everybody turned on her, including Anakin, Yoda, Obi-Wan, all of them. They all thought she was guilty. They didn't believe her. So she ends yeah, up walking was, away from that, and it's kind of telling the rest of her story there. I, I was kind of assuming that this season was largely going to be about setting up, setting the table for where Ahsoka's at once they introduce her into uh, Mandalorian. Well, the first the first few episodes in her story, it's she kind of meets uh, the, these two sisters, and uh, they're smugglers, or so she starts doing work with them. Anyway, it's leading into... Uh, Darth Maul running the Red Dawn. So they yeah. just they referenced Red Dawn, which is the first time it's been referenced in canon outside of Solo. So that's kind of a cool thing. So it's just leading oh, really? into yeah, Ahsoka's gonna be meeting Darth Maul in, in an ep- episode or two here. So that'll be pretty cool. That stuff is also buck wild of where the because uh, you know, then you have uh, Rebels, which I, I was going to ask: Have you watched any Rebels? I've started watching Rebels. I've already seen a couple episodes with Lando in it. A young, a young Lando, a little older than, uh, you know, Solo Lando, but not by much. He's definitely Billy D. Uh, I think Billy D does okay. the voice for him actually. And then you've got Ahsoka showing up, and she's she's a little bit older. She's probably in her thirties, probably. Pr- not quite okay, as so, old as she'll be in uh, the Mando, but I think I think she's like late thirties around the time the Mandalorian starts and all that. Man, they are really pushing the bounds of like timeline and canon and stuff. I think it's no. Well, I mean, they're keeping it all interconnected, but it is interesting what they're doing. I think it's cool that they're making Ahsoka this character that kind of weaves everything behind the scenes and it's also it's an established character that people like so it makes sense rather than writing some character that people may or may not like why not take ahsoka who she's pretty universally uh you know people like her so it makes sense to to make her this thing that goes from cartoon into live action and then who knows i mean you got rosario dawson playing her you never know what what it could lead to maybe it'll she'll get her own series Maybe it'll be Ahsoka so. and Baby Yoda. Because <laughs> I assume that's... I, I assume the, the lethal weapon for uh, <laughs> yeah for Star Wars. I mean, when they were talking about you need to return him to his kind, I mean, we were all kind of hoping, are we going to learn about Yoda's species? But it kind of looks like the fact that um, they're bringing Ahsoka in, it kind of looks like when she said her kind, she meant Jedi. So... It kind of, I think he's probably going to, you know, leave her with Ahsoka. But I don't know. There's a lot of cool characters on the Mando. I want to see more of Cara Dune. I want to see more of Apollo Creed, you know, all just a lot of good characters. Yeah, I wonder what production light on that is like at this point. It might get bumped because it was supposed to come back, what, around like October, November, something like that? Oh, I don't know. I was talking with a friend. I was talking with a friend of mine today who was saying that like, uh, the boys season two was basically all the way done. So that should come out as scheduled, but just anything else. But also who knows what, who knows where production is like how they, cause you know, they, they pushed uh, fast and furious back like a whole year. Like, I don't, I don't 
think that they need that much time. That was a bit. So much as they're yeah. just trying to, you know, that that was that was a, too much time to bump it an entire year. Was a, like even even like Wonder Woman didn't they bump it to the fall? That kind of makes sense, you know. Okay, maybe this summer. Oh, I don't. I don't know where Wonder Woman got. I thought they here. bumped it to like November, something like that. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Just a, a lot of those are very much um, more financial, like you know, because they're they're doing the whole uh, you can rent things digital. Because we watched uh, the Invisible Man last night, and that was a twenty dollar you know, two day rental. Oh, it's just a rental. You don't get to keep it. Yeah. I was kind of bummed about that, but it'd I be, guess it'd be nice they... if you could keep it. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it would. If you're going to spend that money, that money for it. That's how they get you. It was Gabe's birthday and he really wanted to watch the invisible man. Did he like it? Yeah. Yeah. We all like it. it's, it's pretty good. My son saw it in little... theaters before those were a thing in the past and he really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was a little skeptical because I just don't. Bloomhouse generally has a pretty sketchy reputation. Right. No, they do, but it kind of seems uh, like they're they're trying to be legit, honestly. Yeah, and I think yeah, the fact that is... they've teamed up with the mover, the uh, Universal Movie Monster licenses, is kind of a good thing for them. Yeah, I mean it. So it. It's good what? that it's good that Universal gave up on the dark universe thing though. Cuz I think they're going to make the movies but they Yeah, I don't are, did it seem like they could connect Invisible Man to something else? I uh, it, it definitely leaves in a All sense right. of I uh, I don't know like how do you feel toward uh spoilery talk about that? It's been I mean it's I it, I would it was think in theaters pre uh pre-pandemic so i think it's one of those weird gray areas where yeah it didn't really have a full theater run but if somebody did want to see it they could see it for 20 dollars. so i don't know uh fast forward for a couple minutes if you don't want a spoiler on the invisible man go ahead so did your son spoil you on it much uh i don't think so he's pretty good about not spoiling stuff but i'm probably not going to see it for a few months anyway so so how would you feel if i told you Invisible Man suit. Oh, so he didn't actually turn invisible. He just had a suit? Yeah. Ah. See, and I did not it, know it, that. What if I told you... I don't even know if this would make sense, but it was what I was getting out of it. it? What if I told you Fifty Shades of Grey, except <laughs> for Christian Grey is all the way bad? <laughs> I never and saw invisible. those movies, but... I think I know what you're getting at. It's it, it invisible starts, bondage. Not really, but it's just more of a sort of dom domish relationship mm. where, like, uh, the first thing that happens in the movie is Elizabeth Moss um, escaping from his sort of con- rich guy compound, and was she being held out. against her will? Like sort of, I mean, she explains it in the terms of he controlled her fully of, you know, how she dressed, what she ate, you know, where she went to eventually how she thought. See, I would never understand a sociopath like that. That seems like a lot of work. I can't even make those decisions (laughs) for myself, let alone for another human being. 
He made a suit in his house. What makes him invisible? He's got time to dominate a woman. So is it a one-of-a-kind suit? Or does the government want to weaponize it? Okay, so this is something that I I think honestly works in favor of the film is there's a lot of stuff that they – like they don't really – they don't really explain how Elizabeth Moss and he got to know each other. They don't really explain – like literally the first scene in the movie is her escaping his house. And uh, the guy who plays the titular Invisible Man, you really only see him as a performance at the very end of the movie. Wow. So he's invisible the uh, whole time. And people uh, don't believe her, right? Because she's got bruises and stuff like that. This is what I've heard, and nobody believes her. So it's kind of like a, a parable for like domestic abuse. Yeah, it's like a domestic abuse, almost like a, uh, it's like gaslighting is a feature of the, you know, like he, he's, in, instead of convincing her that she's crazy, he's, he's kind of convincing everyone around her that she, you know, like, that she's crazy. But, uh, I mean, the big spoiler is, so one of the, I'm just going to lay it on the table, Travis. All right, the table is uh, ready. So... For a good portion of the movie, you think it's him that's doing this. Mm-hmm. That he he fakes his own, he fakes. Well, he while she's in hiding, it comes out that he's dead, and she gets an inheritance, and that's when the funky stuff. You know, she has to come out of hiding to get her inheritance, mm-hmm. and that's where she's found. And she's so he's trying to by. draw her out. Yeah. Okay. Through uh, with through the inheritance. His, through his lawyer brother, who's like keeps pushing her to sign things and you know reveal herself. Well, at the end of the movie, she shoots a guy in the Invisible Man suit. It's the brother, uh-huh. and they like they go to his compound and knock down a wall, and he's like tied. The real guy is tied to a wall. Well, she's still not convinced. She goes to his house to have dinner with him, and um, she kills him, and then takes the suit. So she's killed and, both brothers. Yeah, and it kind of, it kind of, it, it's strongly implied that it was the brother that, or not the brother. It's strongly implied that it's the Christian Grey the whole time. Uh huh. But it never outright gives you solid like, oh, it was definitely him. It just kind <laughs> of she assumes it and kills him, and then leaves with the suit. So, so now she can be the invisible person. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's, you know, I, I liked it. I actually liked that. It's, it's a fairly sparse movie. Like they don't, they don't put a whole lot of time into making sure that like they don't, they don't really explain the suit. Yeah. You don't need to. I mean, like lots of hexagonal things on the suit, the little lights come out of, and that's supposed to make it like a, one thing I kept thinking of is, okay, so let's say you have a suit that basically can photographically make you invisible. Well, is it like a James Bond's car? It's uh, a, it, one of the Pierce Brosnan movies. Remember how it's got cameras all over. Yeah. So it's basically like little led screen. So it's not really invisible. It just shows what's on the other side of the car. They never really get into it. Okay. They, they basically show you a suit that has a bunch of little things that pop in and out of it that I think they kind of reference as being lights, but they don't really, they don't really go into any of the science behind it. Hmm. <clears throat> so the thing I kept thinking is, okay, if it's cameras or if it's lights, like doesn't it still cast a shadow? 
<laughs> Good point. I, I don't Let's know. Let's just say it's magic. Works. <clears throat> it's a magical that's, cloak. That's fine. Honestly, Travis, it's so movies have such a razor thin line between you can either over explain it to where I'm like, I don't, I don't need everything to make sense. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about like end game where, um, end game is so much longer of a movie because you have to try and get things to make sense at some point. Like how much of that movie do you think that they spent trying to, th- there's probably a half hour of that movie that they're just trying to explain why tame travel is going to work. And how <laughs> right. It doesn't matter. If, right. Like, um, paradoxes don't matter cause it creates different, you like that stuff doesn't even need to matter. At least I will give it credit for it kind of was doing voiceover while you were seeing funny things happen. So it kind of, you know, twisted it in. So it wasn't just them sitting around a table talking about time travel. They were actually kind of trying things out and finding out why it wouldn't work, well, which made it more entertaining. Endgame is such a Endgame is such a in and out up and down inside out of trying to trying to coalesce, you know, 10 years worth of movies and stories into one gigantic movie. But like I said, with something like this, I genuinely respect something that can get away with, Hey, it doesn't matter how this works. It's called the invisible man. He's invisible because he has a suit. You don't, we don't even need to try and explain to you the science behind it. Yeah. People, and that's fine. People can't be, people can't be invisible. That's the truth. Like, so just just go with us on this one. Even think about Back to the Future. <clears throat> Doc Brown explains like the consequence of time travel, but he doesn't really explain how it works. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's enough. If it's a good movie, it, it doesn't matter. So I that said, I, I had a it was a good time. It was a fun watch. It was there was some nerves to it, but it wasn't you know, it was a good time. Cool. Twenty dollars we'll of a good the time. Theater. Yeah, I guess it, it would have cost that was... much at the theater, right? Oh certainly, yeah, for three people. Did you know you can order uh theater popcorn online and go pick it up? I didn't know you could go pick it up. I think I had heard that. I just didn't know the uh Apparently my wife just did it. <laughs> she had oh my she God, had me. she had to go into Salt Lake for something, so she's like, I'm gonna get popcorn. So she ordered the popcorn, they brought it out. It's like there you go. In in three weeks, the only takeout that I've had is we got the pie pizza. Oh, the pie's good. Other than that, we've been cooking everything, and oh my god, like to sit down at a restaurant feels like I would be crowned king of England. At this I know point. that is one thing I miss. I miss going to a restaurant late at night, like a Village Inn or a Denny's or something. I hop and just sitting at a table with a few comics. I was just, just going to say that is a very comics kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, because we're not like. Most most comics aren't huge drinkers. A lot of them used to be and, and are reformed. Yeah. But, you know, just going and hanging out at an eatery is just, it's just fun. It's just a good way to BS, you know? I miss that yeah. a lot. But we'll get back there eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What One hopes. I think, I think we hopes. will. I think we will. Movie theaters I, I worry can. about a little bit, though. We, we have to, we, you know, you've got places like, uh, the Regal by me that, uh, like basically all of its seating is that sort of, uh, recliner seating. Oh, really? 
you're mostly not that close to most people in the theater. Yeah, that's a nice thing. Uh, a lot of a lot of local theaters I, I, have, even Cinemark yeah. has gone through, and like I think, at the Cinemark at Jordan Landing, which is one I go to quite a bit, and it's I think every theater is just recliners, so it does create a little separation, which is nice. If uh, spacing is an issue, there are some uh, comedy clubs that I've been to that are definitely definitely going to have to do a lot of work <laughs> there are a few clubs i've been in that it is uh shoulder to shoulder <laughs> yeah that's that's what makes it interesting coming back i think like for movie theaters i was just talking to my son about it before i called you because he goes to the i mean on a normal you know in normal reality he would go to a movie at least twice a week like he started doing some uh, movie reviews on Instagram just because it's like something he's interested in doing so he's been oh, doing yeah. those uh, see Tate reviews if you if you're uh, interested if you're nasty uh, but yeah it, I mean that's something he likes doing he really loves movies and he like he prefers to go see it at the theater but uh, even if they did start open it up so you could have 50 to 100 people in a room like that there's no movies out so <laughs> I guess in China they're yeah. they're showing in game they're showing I think uh, inception like just old blockbusters so i don't know maybe they'll do something like that here for a few months because everything's huh. been bumped for at least until probably what june july and even some of that yeah. stuff has been bumped so even if they and, do open the theaters knows, back up who knows if that stuff's gonna make it i love going to a movie theater i do it's that's my preferred way to see a movie. Of course, it only takes one person to ruin the whole experience, but yes, <laughs> which is, which that is, is... It, that's the con in my, in my opinion, but seeing it on the big screen with the proper sound, there's nothing like it. You smell the popcorn. It's just, it's an experience. So I've always enjoyed it. I go back to even thinking about, you know, the first time I saw, uh, the return of the Jedi in 83, I was like six years old. And I still remember that how cool it was. I remember uh, there's a mall. It's it's actually near where you live, the va- uh, Fashion Place Mall. They, oh yeah, okay. Do you remember when they used to have a movie theater in there? I don't. I remember I didn't walking. Know they had a movie theater. At I Fashion remember Place. walking past it, and you can walk down the hall before you got to like the ticket counter to buy a ticket. But it had all of the classic uh, movie posters or all of the movies that were coming. So you could see like the back to the future poster and it had like the little light bulbs all around it that made it look, you know, kind of Hollywoody and you could smell yeah. the popcorn and it was like everything about walking down that hallway was super cool. I just huh. miss that kind of stuff. You know, I had no idea that they had a theater there. Yeah. It was, it was back in the early eighties. I don't know what's there now. Something. <laughs> uh, just, mall crap yeah just mall crap i I hate going to malls i do do too yeah i mean i we used to go every once in a while to build a bear when my kids were little but you know other than that i i have no use for malls they're they're huge in southern california though i'll tell you that really yeah i I walked around malls just uh, for something to do i'd go with uh, a comic buddy of mine Fashion place still gets a lot of business. Yeah, and a lot of that is like, I mean, they've got the cheese fake cake factory and all that stuff all around there. You got to bring in all all the big bucks. 
stores and restaurants. And maybe maybe it's just the hometown buffet. I don't know. <laughs> Buffets are probably going away. I can't imagine. Oh boy! See that. Do you want to go to Chuckarama like, or Golden Corral? I don't. I I didn't before this, so. <laughs> <laughs> I would every once I'm in a while. A, I can get down with a Chinese buffet, but like regular buffets, you you got to do something to to bring me into a buffet. I was thinking the other day, the last sit down meal I had at a restaurant was in Vegas. I had uh, steak and eggs for breakfast. Oh boy, what was the last sit down place I went to? And that would have been the eleventh of March. Oh man, I can't even. <laughs> I can't even remember what the last sit down place I went to was. Travis, the it's getting to me. <laughs> now it's it's been a. I, it's gone by fast. I have made it a huge point. I've made it a huge point to stay incredibly busy, number one, so I don't get too stir-crazy, and number two, staying busy. I don't think too much about what's going on and implications and you right. know, don't get too wrapped up in thinking about when and if I'm going to go back to work. And <laughs> so, They're not given any sort of timetable or anything? You know, they just don't know. Hmm. The last time I talked to my boss, he, he was just in the realm of like, hey, man, we want to bring you back as soon as we can. But, you know, this is this is Travis. Guess what it is? It's unprecedented. It's unprecedented. It really that, that's the the frustrating slash scary thing is that nobody knows. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't even think mm-hmm. like I don't think, you know, you watch Dr. Fauci on the on the Trump press conferences and he's very level headed. He's. He knows what he's doing, him and Dr. Uh, Bricks. But you know who the worst people, the people you absolutely should not listen to are? Who? The people who think they know how it's going to go. Yeah, oh, like me. Like me at the very beginning of this. <laughs> I don't know why. I just got a hunch. But yeah, if there was like a number, if they were like, if we can get below this number, at least people would be like, all right, everybody, let's pull together. Let's be really good. Let's get to this number. And then if they gave us a number, we need to stay below this number. So, you know, everybody keep social distancing, keep washing your hands, be responsible. I mean, that's part of the problem at the very beginning of this is we didn't know that it could take up to two weeks before somebody showed symptoms, but the entire time they had it, they could be passing it to other people. So that's one well, thing because people felt like well, I'm not sick. I'm not, you know, so it, that's why it was getting passed. Now we know just because somebody doesn't show symptoms doesn't mean they're not sick. So everybody is keeping their distance and being a little more responsible. And I think going forward, that's going to help keep it lower because we've been through this now. I think we none of nobody wants to go through this any longer than we have to or to go, you know, go completely back to normal and have to shut everything down again. So I think people will probably still be working from home that can work from home. But I think that I think things do need to start opening like like uh bars and comedy clubs stuff like that. Like they're doing all these uh things for small businesses, like the loans and grants and stuff like that. But I've been talking to people about it. If you keep 70% of your uh, workforce, the loan becomes a grant and you don't have to pay it back. But with a bar or something like that, they're all part-time workers, you know, and they're going to make more on their unemployment because they can make, you know, up to almost 
hundred bucks a month to stay on unemployment. They're not going to make that when they go back to work. So they're not going to go back to work and who can blame them? You know what I mean? So it's a tricky thing where it's these, uh, you know, programs are doing for small businesses. It's not going to help really a lot of restaurants and bars and comedy clubs and things like that. So it, it's just kind of a, a tricky thing, a regular business where you can, you know, if it's like a HVAC business or something like that, you can still send people out to do that. If it's big old tires, you can still have people changing tires. I don't know. Well, I, I'm very much in the, like you were saying, I'm not as much in the, uh, the camp of like, when are they going to open things up? Cause I just, I just don't think anyone can, uh, anyone can really predict that right now my the thing that i just i'm really wondering about is what are the businesses that just won't ever go back to normal what are the what is it going to be like what are the businesses where they realize it was dumb that we were doing (laughs) this in an office to begin with you know i think i think these big meetings that you would businesses were always sending people all around the globe i think those are ridiculous and we, we have the technology now you don't need to do that kind of stuff. Even uh, I've heard some comics talk about uh, how they're doing uh, auditions over Zoom now. Like we didn't have That's, to spend you know. four hours in traffic to go in for three minutes and then have them say thanks. And then you never hear from them because you could just do it over the Zoom. I think yeah, things that. that are that don't actually require you to be there physically. I think people are going to be relooking at that. I think a lot of companies honestly are going to say, if we can have people working from home, we don't have to pay for as much office space. We don't have to pay for as much air travel and hotels. And quite frankly, if somebody's working at home, you could probably pay them a little bit less. Uh, I, <laughs> that, you know that's what I mean? one of those things I'm not as, you know, like, yeah, I'm sure it's going to get into like, well, yeah, see, you're at home. We can pay you less. See, like that. Well, you, I mean, that's how, that's how they get... work. That it, it, it it's a realistic thing. Like in 2008, when the economy crashed, I mean, they used to send a pay, uh, like a buddy of mine, he, he works for Shasta right now. His name's Tim. He's a comic, but he used to work for Kellogg's and they would send him to these retreats cause they were salesmen and they would send them to all these big things and spend all this money just to keep them. And then they realized we don't have to do that. They need their jobs anyway. All that kind of stuff goes away and it's going to be like that now here too, you know, some things are just going to go away and they're not going to come back. I think air travel is one thing that we're doing way too much air travel. It's, it's one thing if you're going on vacation, but air travel for business, I think that's something that's just excessive and we don't need. And I think people like just individually, like me, I've been telling my kids cause my kids are all, they all have jobs. They're all working. And I'm telling them you're starting out your, you know, your life, one thing you should learn from this is think about what you actually need. Would you rather have a bunch of really nice things or would you rather have things that do the job and are, you know, quality and you're going to have them for a while, but not having those payments gives you a little bit more freedom. I was like, freedom is way better than having the nicest car or the nicest house it's way better to have some freedom economically so you can take time off and do fun things. You know what I mean? Have experiences. So I'm Uh, hoping that's that's one thing that young people will get out of this. That's what I'm talking about. I guess is just that like some of those, they figure out that people can basically Mm -hmm. do from home. 
and then pays them less. It's like, that doesn't necessarily change how much money they need to live their lives just because they don't have to go to an office. Right. Yeah. But the companies will justify it by saying, well, you don't need a car payment now. You don't need to pay gas. You don't, you know, that's just, that's just the way, that's the way things work. You're doing the work for them, Travis. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm starting to think as much as I hate YouTubers, I'm starting to think they were ahead of the curve. Travis, are you, are you undercover executive? I am. I'm, I'm undercover boss. Undercover exec Travis Tate. <laughs> I guess I got hey, what it takes. Hey Trav, I wanted to. I, I asked you about this the other the other day. I wanted to see if you uh, did. You have a chance to listen to that new Pearl Jam album? Uh, I listen. I have heard one song. I can't. It's the one that's been playing on the radio. Yeah, I I think I know which one that is. Uh, and that but one's uh, really good. It's. I, I'm excited to jump into the rest of the album and, and give it a listen. What do you? Yeah, com- I listened. What do you compare the album to? I to, whole, to? I, to it, it's a Pearl Jam album. I know, but I think Pearl Jam has reinvented themselves many, many times over the years. They like they don't really sound the same. Some bands end up sounding exactly the same. I think they've been kind of like Weezer has too. Kind of reinvented themselves. Oh, <laughs> but uh, I. Uh, having not followed uh, Pearl Jam's career so much post, like, uh, <laughs> gosh, what, 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 let's see, it was Versus, then I think maybe Vitology. Versus 10, listening. Vitology was the one that had. Um, yeah, 10 and Versus, I definitely was big on. Vitology had that uh, cardboard booklet that came with it, remember? And then all the papers oh, I, were kind of like, they looked like old scrolls. Like I, I was, I was hearing hits at that point, but mm-hmm. like I, I was Vitology after Versus. What was after Versus? Vitology, I think, was around like our senior year of high school. Oh. I think it was ninety four, ninety five. The other two were before that. Yeah, or else I'd kind of just fallen off on Pearl Jam. So listen to this new album. That there is nothing wrong with it. It is a. That's cool. I, it is. I can't say. I can't say that it, I dislike it. It just, I just don't really. Pearl Jam, I guess, just doesn't really do anything for me. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. So I just, <laughs> what I started thinking about, and I kind of wanna, I kind of wanna explore is, uh, are you familiar with the, uh, like alignments chart for Dungeons and Dragons? No, I'm not. Of things like, of things like lawful good or chaotic evil or neutral, kind of stuff. Mm-mm. I've never played it. Oh, <laughs> I got thinking about '90s grunge bands, and I was trying to. I think that uh, that Pearl Jam, as far as '90s grunge, is just a lawful good. Like you know, just they are the they're the kind of. The, I think maybe they're the elder statesmen, like most responsible statesmen of grunge bands, because they're still doing like, it and they're still successful. It's kind of like the Rolling Stones, although the Rolling Stones had. Yeah many more songs than even I've ever heard. But I mean, they lasted so much longer than the Beatles. The Beatles had a huge impact on the world, but the Rolling Stones are still doing it. So it's kind of like, who's the best ever. Mm. (laughs) You know what I mean? The Stones are still around. So they've got, they've definitely got an argument. So Pearl Jam's kind of like that. You know, you might say Nirvana had what, three or four albums and they made a big splash, but then Kurt Cobain dies and, if you want to tag the Foo Fighters on there, they're still going. So is, is what is what you're saying is that like death, 
like uh, death, you have to be talented enough to cheat death. Well, one thing's for sure is once you die, you become way more talented than you ever were. The, even even yeah. just just oh, no. aging. That's the like that's look at look at pro ball players. Pilots. You're familiar with Mark Eaton, right? Yes, the I've the heard OG, him. Uh, Utah Lerp. He was yeah seven foot four uh, center for the Utah Jazz in the eighties. He I I saw an interview where he was talking about uh, how people talk about him like one of the all time you know great centers, especially in Utah, but defensive centers you know in NBA history. And he goes, when I was playing, nobody liked me. Everybody thought I was terrible. Everybody thought I was slow. Everybody thought I fouled too much. But he's like, ever since I retired. People talk about how great I was. So there's something to that, especially if somebody passes away. You know, people just talk about how amazing they were. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it is a realistic, you know, thing in the equation. Oh, yeah. Once you once you die, you become like a lot of your worth. The worst parts of your history kind of go away. Like Bill Hicks. Bill, he yeah, was, Bill Hicks. He was a he was a good comic. He was a good comic. Was he like all time great? No, I mean he was daring and he had balls and he talked about things other people wouldn't talk about. But I would never put him in a top ten list. At least I wouldn't. No, I mean in that in the realm of grunge, Lane Staley of uh, Alice in Chains, uh, amazing albums. But you know, hearing from people who are like longer time, like especially post Lane Staley, and they got a new lead singer, talked about like oh. Lane Staley had like poor work ethic. He was, you know, had obviously had drug problems. He was right. He was difficult in a lot of ways. Sometimes uh, I don't know. I don't know if that goes hand in hand with. Being, to be fair, his Allison Chains albums are so good, though. Right. Well, I don't know if that kind of behavior goes hand in hand with being gifted at something, or if uh, being gifted at something just makes you. Uh, more reckless. I don't. I don't know. I think it's the. They say the the flame that burns twice as bright burns only half as long. Like there hey, you go, Chris, Chris Farley. Um, uh, you know the book that I the book that I read talks a lot about um, uh, who am I thinking of? Who is who is the main dumpus in uh, in uh, Animal House that I'm? Oh, Belushi. John yeah, Belushi. John Belushi. John Belushi definitely burned like nine times as bright (laughs) yeah it almost makes me wonder if belushi hadn't died the way he did would chris farley have lived the way that he did because he worshiped john belushi so john belushi was very reckless with his health and things like that and so kind of chris farley did it because as far as i know chris farley's family was not I don't know what John Belushi's family was like, but Chris Farley, I think, had a pretty decent family life, as far as I know. I heard someone close to him talking about that Chris Chris Farley basically needed to be addicted to something Mm -hmm. if he, you know, if he toned down alcohol or say drugs, you know, he just went deep on food, or if he was curbing food, he went deep on womanizing. It's just he had to have a vice. I kind of get that he, a little bit. He had to have an unhealthy, very unhealthy yeah, vice. I'm a li- I have a little, I'm, maybe everybody has a little bit of that, but I definitely 
not the womanizing or that kind of stuff, but like Travis, <laughs> when I, when I, I've, I've, I've said this before to you, you know, if I, if I have a rough set, I'm going to eat to make myself feel better. If I'm stressed, I'll eat. If I, if I had a good set or life is going well, it's like time to celebrate and I'll eat, you know, it's kind of like, I'm just using food again, for everything. Again, like, uh, I think part of why I have, I have worked really hard to make myself extremely busy during this whole whole deal is, uh, you know, I don't want, the last thing I want is to play a bunch of video games, eat a bunch of food and just be depressed. <laughs> right. Which would be a really easy thing for me to fall into. I think one, and I might, hmm? one tough thing is like when there's a tragedy that happens, uh, even if it's like a local tragedy, what does everybody do? We go have a candlelight vigil or, you know, if we want to protest something, we have, we have a walk. If, you know, nine 11 happened, people would get together and, you know, it'd be like, hug your family, hug, hug, hug your loved ones when these national tragedies would happen. And now we can't do any of that. It's like, that's what's causing the problem. <laughs> so it, it's kind of weird for everybody because our, maybe it's just our, our society, but our, our go-to is when something bad happens, let's get together. Let's, you know, give each other support, you know, let's hug each other and just spend some time together. And now nobody can do that. And it's very frustrating. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Three. Yes. <It's... laughs> the yeah, yeah, yes. Remember that band? Yeah, it, uh, yeah, sure. I don't remember any of their hits. That, that's their new band. The it's only got two of the members left, and they're called the Yasher. <clears throat> the Yasher? Yeah. <laughs> the Maybes? <laughs> no, I, it, it's, it, you're right in that the, <laughs> the solution to this problem is the most simple solution that people, for some reason, just still struggle so hard with. <laughs> there are still people... Just, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's just 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 stay home. Right. But there are just still people home. that think it's a, some sort of government conspiracy. Well, you you certainly have that. And I called it. I said if the numbers like sick and dead are way below what everybody thought they were going to be, you'd have people starting to come out of the wood, wood, woodworks going, "See? I told you it was not a big deal." But the reason that the numbers are because like two weeks ago they were estimating two hundred thousand people just in a, just in America possibly dying, and we're we're way below that, and that's amazing. I'm super glad about that, and the reason is because we've had the social distancing, we've had people staying at home. That's the reason why. It's not that it wasn't as big a deal as we thought. It's because people, for the most part, have been more responsible, and have actually you know, done what we were asked to do for once. And yeah, it was um, a good result. Yeah. A couple of weeks back, uh, I, I read an article to the effect of uh, sort of the tone of it was, Hey, we need to do this social distancing. The, well, the problem being is if we were to go into a very full, full fleshed out uh, social distancing kind of quarantine situation, yeah, the thing that would happen would be that it wouldn't be a big deal, but then it would be called out. I was like, oh, it's just bird flu again, guys. Like, <laughs> right. No, that's the thing. We did what needed to be done, so it didn't happen. That's how it works. So it's a, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. Sort of situation. No, for sure.
I want to talk about. So, sorry, go, go ahead and finish your thought. No, finish yours. We'll see if we we're going the same. I way. was just going to say. Talk about. I want to talk about a, a movie that we both saw. Speaking of <laughs> yeah, speaking of what, uh, things being passed a, from person to person. Dude, damned if you don't. A real train to Busan yeah. kind of situation. Let, let's talk about train to Busan. Then we're at, we're at an hour, so we'll, we'll wrap up and we'll get yeah. to some more stuff later on. But train to Busan. I just happened. I was just flipping through netflix one night just looking for something fun to watch and then uh i happened to cross train to busan and this is one instance where the netflix you know the little trailer thing automatically playing actually like made my life a little bit oh, so it wasn't it wasn't I, for some reason i thought it was your son that that turned you on to it no i, I told him about it and he enjoyed it but i watched it with my wife and it yeah because the little automatic thing started playing and i was like that looks pretty good and it's a zombie movie. It's it's it starts in Korea. It's Korea, yeah, Korea, and uh, basically it's a zombie movie that takes place on a train. <laughs> what what did you think of it? I, I told you how amazing it was. Man, it, it was a pretty good time. I'm not super into zombie movies. This was but, fast uh, acting zombie. It's pretty fast. It, it's so fast. Peppy. They get bitten within boy. It's like thirty seconds. The, they're a they're a flesh craving zombie in thirty seconds. Yeah, that's another one of those not to explain of like. So, what is the zombie motivation? I think it, they're getting into kind of twenty eight days later kind of rage virus. Right. Yeah, it's kind of what less it seemed of like. a zombie. It, yeah, they weren't going brains, brains, brains. They're they don't these zombies don't seem to have a yen for like eating people. They just wanna they just one bite. It just let wants me, to me, spread, basically. Let me let me tear off a good sinewy part of your neck and then just move on to whoever else is near me. They did eat a few people, it seemed like though. There was there was some body parts left I over. I will say I will say I appreciate it. I'm not uh if there's going to be violence, like once you get into guts violence, I'm pretty <laughs> timid on that stuff. So they're not being a whole lot of visceral, you know, just, just, just some bites. Did you ever see uh dead snow? No, it's, no. I don't know. I can't, I don't remember, remember if it's German or it's one of those Eastern European countries. Anyway, it talks about uh, these uh, zombies that, were uh nazis and they were somehow frozen oh it's double bad and they they become unfrozen and come after these uh you know young people staying in a cabin but it it involves caveman zombies it involves like fingers going into a face and then prying the face in half so the head splits down the middle there's one where a guy gets punctured on a tree into his stomach and his intestines are getting ripped out and stuff yeah (laughs) that just reminded me of that but Train to Busan, it's pretty intense, and it, it's mostly intense because you know there's there's a little kid in there, there's a a pregnant woman, and it, not it's... not the best dad in the world for the little girl, <laughs> but uh, you know he ends up you know keeping her alive and making the sacrifice. But they're making a sequel. There's a trailer out for it now. Uh, I can't remember what I, it's called. I guess we'll see. I I feel like all the most interesting people died. Well, I, I would imagine uh, it's going to be like 28 uh, weeks later where it doesn't even have any of the original characters in it. It's just yeah. the next step of the evolution of what's going on. I don't know. 
going through what we're going through and watching that, I was like, eh, could be worse. (laughs) (laughs) Travis, if it, if it comes to that, you will be the, uh, you'll be the beefy boy, right? (laughs) That's right. I'm going to go get a baseball bat. My daughter's got some uh, aluminum bats from softball. We'll be set. it did get a bit uh, Shaun of the Dead at some point, <laughs> but uh, like, like who's going to be mad at that? And then there's there's the weird uh, homeless guy on the train. Yeah, he reminded that... me of the guy from uh, Snowpiercer a little bit. I expected him to be some sort of secret genius, kind of like that yeah, guy. That, you know, we were talking about uh, we talked about that like low explanation kind of thing of like. I really expected that guy to have something going on. And it was, just, you know, I was like, no, no, just a, he was just there. Just a homeless guy. It's a good, it's a fun movie though. And no, it, fun watch. Although Definitely it's, fun watch. you know, it's, it's got subtitles and stuff like that, but it doesn't really have a whole ton of dialogue. It's mostly run or <laughs> hit them harder. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. It's a good fun zombie movie on a train. Yes. Tired it's of one of those MFN zombies <laughs> on this MFN public transportation. It's one of those out of the frying pan and into the fire movies. That's why I like to call it where you think, okay, I think they've got it solved now. And then, nope, it just escalated again. <laughs> so it, it's a fun uh, hour and a half or so just to, to watch boy, it. Like, yeah, some sort of some crazy twists and turns of, uh, you know, um, <laughs> of shit heel businessman oh yeah that was the worst boy that car i really expected there to be a little bit of a turn on that or like a learning moment like nope they nope all dead (laughs) captain crunches oops all dead every single one of them (laughs) (laughs) in one fell swoop but business shit heel made it out every zombie movie has to have a trope that nobody's ever done before and the trope in this one is if they can't see you they stop chasing you. Yeah. So too, Elizabeth actually. Moss would be fine with her invisible <laughs> yeah. woman sh- uh, jacket or whatever. Uh, no, I mean, if <laughs> as long as you got a light switch, you're okay. Yeah. If it was dark, then they just, you know, became docile. But for some reason, as soon as they saw something that was living and moving, they became just irate. Yeah. Kind of yeah, okay. like my, uh, my grandma screaming, leave the door closed. Something similar to that. <laughs> you're, you're letting the air yeah, in. Yeah, you're letting the hot air in. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, hey, Trav. Jake. It's been good to talk to you. It's yeah. been good to get one of these out. I mean, I'm... I'm going to I'm gonna upload this because, real quick. Because I, I feel like any... I'm not listening to a lot of podcasts either. I'm, I still am, but... I get it. You're, you haven't been at well, work. That's probably where working, you listen. Yeah. 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 So that's yeah, where I'm consuming I, it is like driving. Cause I have had to drive, you know, to go do trainings and things like that. I'm still doing that. And you know, it's nice for 45 minutes just to put on a, a podcast instead of listening to, you know, news radio or disappointing morning shows and Salt oh, Lake. <laughs> Phil Hartman though. You know what? That is season one is on the. If you have a Roku out there, it's on the Roku channel. I've been watching uh, season oh, one. Oh, no kidding? Yeah. I feel like that is a show that uh, probably is way better than anybody remembers it. It's really well written. The quality on this channel is not good. It's like if. Yeah. It's almost like uh, somebody recorded it on VHS and then they transferred it directly to the Roku channel. 
<laughs> so the picture's not very good, but the show itself yeah, is really well written. I just got a, I just got a couple of Roku's. I got, uh, I gained access to the Criterion Channel, Ooh. and that's one of the few places that you can. Well, not you have to have a device. Like normally, I just do stuff off of my game systems, mm-hmm. but uh, I have a recommendation. Yeah, watching, oh, it's called Pluto TV. It's, yeah. it's a it's a channel. I think it's on more than just Roku. I know it's on Roku. But basically you get a channel listing and you there's one that is just Mystery Science Theater 3000 movies. There's one that is yeah. just uh, Rift Tracks movies. There's one that is just Fear Factor. There's all these different categories. There's one that's just classic American gladiators. Whatever whatever your genre <laughs> of choice is, there's a channel on there and it's free. Oh, I would love to watch all of just season one gladiators where there was kayfabe going on (laughs) oh there definitely is yeah we were watching one it was it's ridiculous i forgot how bad that show was give me season one gemini all day long (laughs) that's a bumper sticker (laughs) but yeah if you're at home check out some of these free things on my my other car is a season one gemini (laughs) (laughs) there was a gemini right what was that Gemini was the black guy who had uh, split personalities. Well, no, I'm talking about there was a card called Gemini, wasn't there? Oh, I don't know. Seems I, like there was that a Gemini. I'm not sure of. I there would have had to been. I, I'm, I'm not sure a, I'm there's, not been all the, there's been all of the Zodiacs, like there's been a Ford Aquarius or something like that. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I think, I think I'm ready to wrap it up. How about you? All right. So, uh, you know, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, especially during this time of quarantine, uh, later to the tater at gmail.com is that address. Uh, you can also just you know, message DM me slide into, slide into my DMs, DMs. Yo, send him those, uh, hot noodles. I've been getting uh, all, a lot of weird friend requests lately. So I don't know if that's people oh. that are listening or not. I think that's based on that high school photo you put up. There's a lot that of people could be. like, I, we need, we need some protection in this town and, uh, <laughs> old, Old brick shit house uh, Tate is gonna save us. If I have to break out my Letterman's jacket, I will. Oh man, I was on the treadmill and saw that on Facebook. I was just like, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> Travis. Oh Travis. I'm just trying to support the seniors. I don't know why it supports seniors, but I have a senior this year, and she's not going to be able to do the graduation walk. She found out basically. She bought all of her stuff, and then coronavirus happened. <laughs> like, is that like right is after that, is that pretty devastating for her uh i mean she's she's really level-headed and intelligent so i mean the weight of the situation definitely uh makes it a little easier but i think there is some definitely some disappointment there and that's huh. understandable because you know she watched her brothers graduate and get their diploma and now you know Hers is probably going to get mailed to her, which is kind of a bummer. But I mean, yeah, everybody's was, making sacrifices now, but it, it think things still are disappointing when they don't happen. Gabe's a Gabe's a sophomore, so he's still his, his he he will still have time. But I think, and I, you know, I'm basing this on on gut feeling of, of observing, but it, it feels like he kind of had uh, taken the high school experience for granted. And now that it is completely <laughs> gone, he is much more like, Oh, I wish I had been doing more of the high school stuff. Right. 
more I, of the social things. I think schools are one of those things you were talking about that may not be the same after this. Yeah. I think yeah, schools a, and sports are probably not going to be the same. Concerts, huge concerts. Anything with a big crowd for a while, I think, and especially until oh, huge, we get a vaccine, it's going to be a little bit different. Huge concerts is one that I really worry about because, uh, like, uh, that's the only way that, that I was. That's the only way they're making money because nobody's buying their albums anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's all digital. Yeah, oh yeah. Bands have talked about that for a while now. It's just like there's just there. There's no such thing as huge rock stars really anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it happens. Meatloaf's uh, pretty big. Yeah, you know, he's. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, one uh, one show that I had tickets for got canceled. Um, uh, yeah, I was going to go see Gogo Bordello, and uh, I have some really good tickets to go see Faith No More in the summer. And I don't, you know, we're just, it's a ticking clock. Is that one going to happen? Is <laughs> it going to get canceled? Yeah, it's, everybody's in a wait and see. So hopefully everybody yeah, just keep I, your fingers crossed. Boy, I love, I love live music and the idea of that changing really, uh, it's very, it's very sobering. I wonder if it's so. going to get rid of like standing room type stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, who, who knows what the future will bring? I think we're going to see but, thermometers about outside of any event, just taking yeah. people's temperatures. I mean, that's but, at least uh, yeah, something definitely, you can do. Definitely what you were saying about schooling, like, uh, like Gabe's getting by Gabe's definitely getting by, but this is, I don't want this to be the normal. <laughs> I think people are going to do a lot more online schooling and not just the weirdos. Well, you know, I, mean, the, I want to, I want to teach my kids the things I want them to learn. Now I think you know, it, I, it's a safety issue kind of. I've always had the, the utmost respect for teachers. And I feel like still, I'm, even though I've had that utmost respect, I've still somehow been taking them for granted. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people probably appreciate teachers more now than they did a month and a half ago. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, especially once I, you know, I, I'm in a state right now where it's kind of, you know, I have to police my kid to some degree to make sure he's doing as much school as he needs to. And as stringently as possible, like if I, Oh, I know to go back to, <laughs> once I go back to work, like if that's the, you know, Hey, I, I do not, diminish i think teachers should be paid extremely well far better than they're being paid but so like i don't feel bad about saying like hey i need there to be a classroom environment i can't go to work and rely on a 16 year old to do all of his schoolwork and learn it all <laughs> right so yeah so my daughter my daughter's been doing online school for about a year and a half and it's definitely a are you getting all of it done like every day it's like yeah. I, I'm I'm the nagging mother from the fifties. Have yeah. you done your homework? Yes, yes. You chase them around like, hey, did you do it? Did you do it? Yeah, I did it. Did you do it? Yeah, I did I'm it. Gonna Are you sure do you did it. all of it? Oh. Yeah. Gosh, I've got a plan. And then like th you know, four or five days later, you get an email like he's missing two assignments. Like, oh yeah, I, I meant <laughs> to get that done. I let it slip. Like, I, your future, man. <laughs> there needs to be school. Oh no, no, I can't. I can't rest on that laurel either. <laughs> I know I want Ugh. at least one of my kids to be able to take care of me when I'm old. I'm going to see Travis, you get me all whipped up. I'm going to have to manufacture eight or nine new chores. So I don't think about this. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I do. That's what I do. 
All right. Uh, well, where can let's find go. You, Trav? Uh, at Travis Tate Funny. That's for uh, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook as well. You can also just friend me on my regular Facebook. Uh, I a little birdie told me my dry bar special finally might start might come out soon. Oh, hey! So that's boy. something. That's something to look it, forward to. Only the pandemic pays off, huh? It's because I said they were dead to me. So I think <laughs> I think maybe they're like, ooh. Yeah, they can't produce yeah. anything, so I think they're going to put everything out. I said, with my luck, uh, it'll either do nothing or it'll be the highest watched one of all time, and then I can go, I told you. There are, there are no in-betweens. Right. It'll be well, the worst uh, one of all time or the best one of all time. If you're uh, if you're so inclined, you can find me at Jake underscore doll on the, on the Twitters. I'm on various social media, I'm not... I'm not being the most active poster in the universe, but you know, I get out there. I get out there. I get out there. So, uh, uh, Tra- Travis, you got any anything to promote right now? No, I currently have nothing. Hopefully, right, hopefully, well, we'll get to a point where we can do some more live streams, uh, and then gradually the club yeah. will start opening up, and then get some you know local shows, and then maybe I can start looking for out of state work again because all that dried up. So. I probably won't plan anything out of state for the rest of the year. I don't know. We will uh, see. I, I kind of, uh, I kind of wish that I had a little bit more like of a setup for like like Twitch streaming would be really fun right now. I think uh, my buddy Spencer King is doing that right now. So if you're on Twitch, look for Spencer King. I don't know what his his handle is, but you can probably find it. But I know he's he's Twitch streaming stuff right now while he's playing. Nice. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm still, I, I have really full steam ahead on Witcher three and I'm still, like, I'm still so far away. <laughs> You'll get there. Don't worry. All right. Well, it's been good Someday. talking to you. Yeah. Well, this is going to so, be the quickest turnaround of all time. It'll uh, be up tonight. Four. Yeah. Quick turnaround. If only this pandemic could turn around so quickly. Yeah, bring it all back. All right. So well, for for quick turnarounds everywhere, this has been late to the party with Travis Tate. I'm Jay, and I'm Travis Tate. And I had to think about what the closer line was because I forgot. But it is <laughs> better Tate than never. Hey, thanks so much for getting things set up, bud. You're welcome. Bye, everybody. <laughs>